Thank you so much. It's past day. 11 p.m., but I mean, this is, I mean, I, I don't Careful sleep Island. until well later, but Protect like, thanks for like, <laughs> you know, coming across the island. And so you just got back from Australia. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, man. Um, Australia is amazing. I love it there. It's like, uh, it's really like, it's, it's really a lot like Hawaii, but like really big. So it, you look around and, and you kind of see, it's like the climate is really similar. The people are like similar in their good natured. How many big way. islands do you think can fit in all of Australia? <laughs> well, I mean, I think you could like pretty much fit the whole United States in there. So yeah, it's like, right. It's but the population is like huge. Los Angeles. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, most of the people are all on the East Coast. Oh. And they're pretty spread out. Yeah, it's like a, it's definitely a really nice place to live, um, and it's I, it's the only place I've I've ever been. Like since I, you know, I'm born and raised here in Oahu, and it's the only place I've ever been where I actually like had that thought to myself. Like, yeah, I could I could actually yeah. live here, you know. I for years I've wanted a vacation there, and I think be, yeah. beyond the attractions, it's the people because yeah. our customers that are from there just seem so great natured. Yeah. Yeah. People are cool. You know, it's like you go to, uh, the States and like, it's, there's a lot of like, I mean, especially in big cities, there's a lot of, I moved to LA when I was 18 and I was just shocked, like, because I grew up here and, you know, here we walk down the street and, you know, you, you look people in the eye and you smile and you say hi. You just like, you know, you have a you just yeah. have a general good natured attitude towards people. And you and you I think that to... just might be you. <laughs> <laughs> no, people. No, but yeah. But, yeah. you know, but then I moved to L.A. and it's like people don't want to. What are you looking like, at, bro? You, on no, the they don't even, it's not even like, like that. It's oh. more like it's more like just to themselves, you know, just like I don't. They're like, if I don't need to know, if I don't, you know, if you're not somebody to know, I don't need to know you. And I'm oh, going somewhere to make yeah, more money. Okay. Right now. Yeah. And, you know, now, I mean, I mean, the thing is, you you know, you can find good people everywhere you go. Sure, but but sure. there's a certain attitude that we grow up here. Of course, we call it the Aloha spirit. And I think that's like really a very there's a really very similar attitude with people in Australia. So, you know, and and, uh, and this trip was kind of special because there's this festival that we played at called the Woodford Folk Festival. And it's kind of like something that I've been hearing about for years. And it was the third year in a row they contacted us to come and play. But it's like it starts on Christmas Day and it goes to oh, January yeah. 2nd. And so, we like in the past couple of years, I'd said, oh, no, you know, everybody in the band is fathers. So it's like we can't really like miss Christmas and then miss New Year's Eve. You know, if anybody is listening and they don't live here, we do it pretty big here on New Year's Eve. So it's kind of like a, a, a holiday that you don't want to miss with your family as well. So this year when they contacted us, I said, hey, is there any way we can just... Because they want you to play at this festival. They basically want you to play like five or six or seven different days. Wow. Like, and you know, so so I said, hey, is there any way we can... How long does it go? It goes, yeah, of course, from Christmas to uh, Christmas Day to, to oh, uh, January yeah. 2nd. Wait, so you, yeah, you so just, like nine you just days. got back. Like, yeah, so I so I so I asked him if we could do it like that, and we flew in. Uh, we f we left uh, the day after Christmas and flew there, and then we uh, did three shows, and and we came back on New Year's Eve. Oh, okay. And we flew back from there on New Year's Eve, and then you 
you know, we left the night of New Year's Eve and then you get back here and it's the morning of New Year's Eve because it's a, like a day. Behind, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a day behind us there. Nice. Yeah. That's how you So, yeah, travel. so it was like this really epic experience and the, and the Woodford Folk Festival was really, really just like kind of the best of... It was the best festival I've ever played at. It was wow. like uh, it I was the go. best of like all the all the different all the all the great attributes of of all of these different festivals kind of combined into one. It was really cool. Um, it was a really cool artsy festival. Like there's just uh, you know I've played festivals like the Electric Forest Festival where the whole festival is like this artistic wonderland and there's these like massive sculptures everywhere wow. and there's art everywhere and that's what this festival is like there's constantly like is that parades like one of the biggest festivals around. there sorry say that is that yeah. one of the biggest festivals there or? it is it's not like as big as like the byron bay blues fest which i think is like the biggest one or they is, have is it like burning man ish yeah i i would say so uh, but but the thing about it that i think is quite a bit different than burning man is like you didn't really see anybody like really fucked up. Like no, I didn't see any like really drunk people or people like doing a lot Just of drugs. There was a lot of kids and be. stuff around. <laughs> right, it was right, very right. like family oriented. Oh, nice. So, but it, it was, still had the spectacle. It was really nice, but there was yeah like a lot of really cool like artsy stuff. Just like these giant like puppets walking around people in stilts and like big Sick. like costumes and just like really cool artsy oh, stuff I'll have to go check that out yeah and then and then another cool aspect of it was like i didn't know i knew like zero of the other bands playing and it was just all different world like uh, you know we kind of like spent a couple of days there and we cruised around the festival and you know i stumbled in on this on this girl and she was she had just gotten in with her band from from Glasgow, from Scotland, and and like they were just playing like traditional Scottish music, and it was amazing, you know. And it's just like stuff like that. It's just music from all over the world. You remember her name? Just give it. I don't. She had oh. a really like um, interesting name that was like pronounced. Somebody might say in the yeah. comments. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't really know. I can't remember it. But it was That's really cool. cool. And you know, just like a bunch of different stuff like that. All kinds of different music. And uh, and the thing that's cool about that is like sometimes when you play festivals and, you know, there's like some, you know, big headliners and they kind of like there kind of tends to be an air of like, you know, these people separate themselves and then, you know, they don't want to mingle with the other musicians or like there's a space that's only theirs and then you you know you're not allowed there and then when they go on it's like everybody's like, oh, you can't be over here. And, you know, it's kind of like some sort of like kind of like high mox vibes which is which is fine you know and people get to a certain level and of course they're going to get bombarded by everybody and so they just get burnt out on it so i get it but it was kind of cool that there was nobody (laughs) what's that you probably get bombarded i mean i I get bombarded uh but like in a good way you know not like not like in a way that i can't handle it yeah i mean i always like you know, I'm not, I'm not at the, it. I'm not at the level where like, I can't go out. I can't like go out after my shows and talk to people. I always go out after every show I play, I go out and I talk to fans and I'll stay till the last person is there, you know, that wants to talk to me, That's but so I can cool. still do that, you know, cause I'm still like playing when I go out on tour, I'm still playing for like, you know, anywhere from like three to 500 people on like my headlining tours. So it's like, you know, or sometimes a little bit bigger. But What's the most that you played in uh, for? I don't know, man. I don't know. I just did this tour um, in France, opening up for a big band, 
there like a few weeks ago and I played in Paris to like a sold out it was 6,000 people in wow. this like uh, in this it was like basically just what like a, a big indoor arena that was definitely the biggest crowd I played for on like an indoor show I don't know festivals are like hard to gauge because some are so big and you look out and you just see like a sea of people yeah. and you can I mean I couldn't tell you if it was like do you prefer you know, a thousand like or ten thousand people or you intimate know. versus the I mean I guess they maybe both have their own yeah they're both really cool you know I mean I sometimes like you know I'll play a show at home here for like 20 people and you know it'll that'll higher, be the higher best. ground back in the day like no, no, yeah. more people would come out <laughs> yeah but you know that can be the best that can be the best kind of vibe because it's like yeah there's just I mean you all see it really the people takes, and their reactions and, yeah you know. I mean I, I I realized a long time ago is that all it really takes is like one person to be like really committed and into it mm. to to create a connection you know and I think that really kind of pulls draws everybody else in you know if there's one person that's like really vibing and you're vibing off of them then you get this energy going and then it's like a there's like a magic in the air and it draws other people in and I think so that's really all it takes you know all it takes is just that one connection because it's like music is a is a reciprocal force so when you when you start playing and you know you you feel something catch it's like it's kind of like this uh this amazing thing that happens where something new is is uh, pulled out of you because it's it's not just you that's creating it anymore it's it's you and that person because the energy you know you you don't have a you don't you can't really explain how you feel to somebody but when you connect and on that energetic level it's like you feel how the, a little bit of how they feel and so uh all of a sudden you get this feeling that you've never felt before because you're feeling somebody else's feelings and then you're you're channeling that into music and and then it brings something else out in you and it's exciting you know and so it's like if there's one person doing that with you or 1000 people you're doing it with it's kind of the same in a way when it's it's just like yeah uh, yeah but but yeah it is really exciting to play for like big crowds for sure for sure but like there is a really cool thing that happens when you know you're in a really small room and everybody else is is like in it with you and you can feel like you're not like just like looking out at a sea of faces you can like look around and see every single person and think you know they're like every single person here is committed to this right now and sometimes you have those moments where you can really feel that and nobody's saying a word you know people mm. almost feels like everybody's holding their breath or something you know you're just like okay guys come on we're gonna go on this ride yeah yeah that's beautiful tell us about the current band that you were playing with in australia and that you've been using some of those guys yeah so um so it's the full circle um and it's uh, a bunch of guys that have been playing with for a long time um we got a new drummer pretty recently um but yeah, the uh, the bass player John Hawes, uh, you guys know, uh, he's killer. He doesn't live here anymore. He moved away a few months ago, uh, but he still plays with me. Uh, still tours with me. Which Wait, is where, where did he move to? 
he moved back to Boston where he's uh, where he's originally from. Wow. Yeah, with his family, and they kind of relocated there to to you know take care of his parents and and kind mm. of uh, yeah just just had a new startup there. But thankfully, you know, he's still touring with me, and and uh, you know, he's one of my favorite favorite musicians, favorite people in the world. Uh, and then Keith Sukamaki plays keyboards, and uh, he's been playing with me for a long time. Another one of my favorite people. And then, I mean, your entire band is just massive. Yeah, Reggie like, Padilla on the saxophone, oh, and Arthur Reggie Davis ridiculous. on the trombone, and then yeah, uh, yeah. and then recently uh, Paul Spina, who's one of my uh, favorite drummers. We had our our uh, my one of my long most long time uh, collaborators, uh, my drummer Sam, who who I played with you know f- since I was pretty young. He left the band a, a little while ago, so I uh, had to find a new drummer. And uh, the first person I called was was Paul Spina, who's uh, who's a uh, a friend of mine for a long time. But he's the drummer from a Groundation. from a band called Groundation, yeah, which is like my favorite live wow, band of all wow, time. Wow. And uh, and Those and, they don't, guys. and, and yeah. he doesn't play with them anymore for a while. He uh, he kind of like a while a while ago, many many years ago, took. Uh, he left the band and another drummer joined their band uh, to uh, so that he could stay home and, and take care of his family. I haven't seen you with him yet, but I saw Groundation a few times and was always so impressed with him. Yeah, I mean, he's incredible. He's just, you know, he's, and his drumming is, yeah, it's like he really, uh, he's really, really been a, been a great guy to work with because he stepped into a band that was like a fully formed, well-oiled machine already with like a really complex arrangements um and he really had just like a short time to prepare and did a tour with us kind of on, at the last minute and um yeah and and just has been crushing you, it you ever since disappointed yeah and he kind of just fe- you know i feel like he fell right into it because the music has been my music has been so inspired by a band that he mm. helped create, and there's the sound so many of. complex changes with Groundation that it's yeah. just in his wheelhouse. Right, exactly. Yeah, and he's just like, and he's just a guy that plays off of, off of feeling and emotional, and mm. and uh, listens. You know, and that's what the, it's not like your, standard uh, reggae music or or really kind of like a, it's it's kind of a blend of a lot of different musics. But does he write too, or just back up? I mean. Uh, I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he. Yeah, I'm not sure if he uh, composes any music uh, per se. But I know, He's a like beast. he was. I, I know in Groundation like they yeah. kind of like a lot of that stuff was 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 at least arranged by the band, you know. And I know a lot of the songs were written by by the lead singer and the keyboard player. But um, but you know a lot of a lot of that stuff they just like jammed out and all the drum parts kind of came out. My stuff is a little bit different in that respect in that i you know like i write you come pretty much i write and arrange yeah, pretty much yeah. everything and even a lot of like you know a lot of the drum grooves and even a lot of, even some of like the drum fills and stuff like a lot of the intro drum fills and the different fills for like different breakdowns and parts sometimes it's like i want a specific yeah. fill on specific drums and you know right, it's, right. it's like i i really kind of work that way a lot when i'm writing you're a trip because you can kind of do it all yourself like the mike love experience solo is you know enough to like get super elevated without any band so when you add in all the elements of a you know a live band like that it's just like ridiculous 
Yeah, man. Well, you know, I this project that um, that's you know my name, Mike Love. Uh, it's it came from me being in a in a place where you know I was I was writing music for a big band for my band Dub Conscious before this, and and uh, you know I kind of at a certain point was getting a bit frustrated with that project for various reasons and uh and also needed uh you know to kind of like step up my financial contributions to my household and so I started doing a solo gig which is the first you know at the suggestion of my wonderful wife who changed my life with that one suggestion um props to Kendra yeah yeah she you know and and it kind of She's it, like, you don't need those guys. <laughs> well, you know, I, the thing was, as at the time that I really did, you know, I really did, and it and and it was it was it was one of the best things that I ever did. And like, if you're a musician out there and you're listening, you know, if you're like a singer songwriter and you've been playing with a band, you know, I urge you to to, you know, at least take if you get an opportunity, take the opportunity to do some solo gigs because you know, it kind of, it's like testing your metal, you know, and, and if you can do it by yourself and, and, you know, the songs and the music itself has the power and the strength to stand up on his own, on its own, just with a solo performer, then, uh, then it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's going to work in any format. And I think that's what, that's the main thing that I realized when I did that is a lot of this music that I was making for that band, I realized I couldn't play it. I couldn't do it as a solo artist because it was like, it was really so focused on like a big arrangement. And then I realized that, ah, you know, that song's actually like when you strip away all the cool hits and like the great like drum and bass part and like all of that really cool breakdowns and things like that it's like this is not really that much of a song it's not really that great of a song it doesn't have that powerful of a message or it you know it doesn't have that much meaning or it doesn't have that much strength when you just play some chords and sing it and and it really taught me that and so when I started doing that I started I, I refocused the way that I wrote songs I started to write songs without any arrangement in mind and I used to write songs like I would start with a you know like oh this is a cool bass line I'm gonna write a song around this bass line you know but then it's kind of like well then the bass line's the best part about the song and there's nothing wrong with that and there's like music that that's where the bass line is the best part of the song and that's cool but like uh, I wanted to write music that really what carried a message that carried an energy and so I started writing songs like that, and then I started relearning how to arrange around that. And uh, you I know, think I kind of like witnessed that and yeah, totally, admired man. it you along were around, the way. You were around through all that. And it's like with your songs now, it's like there's a lot going on. You know, there's effects and all that, but you can take it all away. And at the core, is just a great song. And I think yeah. that's what you you start with just that, mm -hmm. and then you add all the yeah. That's the idea. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to you don't want to have like a really cool effect and and be like, yeah, this effect like is so cool. Like the that's song. the song. Right. And if yeah, you yeah. take that away, then it's like, mm, you know, it's just right, kind right, of right. like a boring song. You should be able to play that's it on an acoustic and it yeah. stand for itself. Yeah, and it has a message and it has an energy that that is 
has a strong foundation without any of all that. Yeah, it's like and, every single one of your songs. And I just realized, <laughs> like, wow, that's a, that's a really good point that you brought up. It's like when you take everything away, the, the core of the song is there, and you don't need any of the extra layers of drumming and effects. Well, that's all stuff. just right. icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing is, like, you know, when I now, I mean, I still do this. I still kind of do when I go out and tour, I'll either do my solo looping thing or I'll do the band. And the thing thing about the the solo thing is like it's a whole different beast because, you know, over the years I developed that solo show and started doing a lot of looping and was able to like kind of take those songs and build build stuff on them and and build like a a, a show that was you know, pretty unique uh, as a solo artist. And, um, and so when I go out and do that, uh, by myself, it's like, it still, it still carries a lot of, carries a lot of weight and carries a lot of strength. So I could do that. But it's amazing how like you went beyond what would, I mean, it got into its own realm. And I remember there was times when you had to have like, pedal makers make you something specific for it and your board went from one level to two levels and it's just like <laughs> yeah. it's awesome man you know it's a whole other thing that I don't think anybody else is going to be like you in that the way that you built your solo set right well I mean it was like all of that stuff was was like a means to an end you know I had an idea of how I wanted to do something and then, uh, you know, little things like problems would come up, you know, when I started, uh, I started, you know, playing and, and I would be doing these really long, like four hour gigs. And I was like, okay, well, you know, playing my guitar and singing, you know, I want to be able to do, I'm, I'm a guitar player too, you know, so I want to be able to do a solo. So I got a loop pedal and I started looping some chords, you know, so that when it came, you know, I do a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus, and then I could do a guitar solo because I was able to loop the chords and play a solo. And it was like, oh, this, this opens up possibilities when I'm playing solo. And then I got the loop pedal that you could plug a mic into, you know? And then I started... Um, tell, tell us about when you, it dawned on you to create Permanent Holiday with the way you layered the syllables of that. And I mean, is, do you remember like how that kind of came to you? Were you just like kind of jamming and looping and... No, you know, I, 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 I had that part, like I, um, I wrote that song and, and I was really into this idea for that part. Um, you know, I kind of like got into like this mode of like, sometimes like, you know, you have sections of songs and then you have like a, a deviation from, from that, from, from everything, you know, and, and it kind of. I think I still I still kind of follow that that format for a song because I like I like songs to take you on journeys and I like there to be something like that happens at that song you know like in that song when you know like it's it's like you're kind of like you're in the middle of this solo and it's like the song is at its biggest point ever and then it reaches the end of the solo and it's getting really really big and you're expecting it to kind of drop back into the chorus or something and then it gets to the end of it and it just drops out and all it is is just a vocal you know, and, and I had that idea for that to happen. And then I had this, these lyrics and I didn't really have a melody 
I just knew, you know, I had this lyrical idea that was just, I won't be manipulated, mind controlled and inundated. I will seek the revelation, make my life a self, you know, that whole thing where it's just like, a, uh, 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 uh. and I had that idea. And so I wrote all those lyrics and I didn't have a melody for it. And then I was like, I was on a hike and I was like thinking, oh man, it would be cool. Like, cause I, I was already doing the looping stuff at that point. So I was like, oh, it'd be cool to, uh, to like break it down into syllables and have it be like, you know, you have your pulse, which is just, mm, 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 and do that and then have the, you know, do that as one syllable and then have the other parts be like the, you know, cause in reggae we have what's called a bubble on the keyboards, which is, you know, and, and I was thinking oh, it would be cool to, to like break it down into three part harmonies that were like, you know, a, a bubble like a like a keyboard bubble that's genius so i you know but the thing is is like it's not like i hear people say that that's genius but it's like it's not really genius it's just like a weird idea uh that popped into my head and like i and i saw it through to completion and i and i so um, Corey, you should go on hikes more often uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, but I saw this. You know, I, I used know, to go on hikes all the time. I, I didn't have any. Of I, I know you guys listen to Wolfpack, you know, and I, oh, yeah. and I and I and I and I saw this really cool quote um, from Theo Katzman like the other day, um, and he's you know Good one of the singers. Too, yeah. Well, he's an amazing vocalist. Yeah, and he's and he had this had this quote that said, you know, something like, you know, I try to like. You know, it's like we have this muse and we get these ideas and sometimes they seem like crazy or weird. But I try and take any idea that I get and do my best to see it through to completion because you never know. Like, I I, I guess it really struck me because I was like, well, that's kind of what I do, because a lot of times like ideas like this, you get them and like normally you'd be like, oh, that's stupid, you know, like because because it it is it is like a really weird idea and you don't really know if it's even going to work and that was the thing is I didn't know if it was going to work I didn't know if it was going to like even like be decipherable what I was saying or if I was going to be able to pull it off or what you know but but these kind of ideas if you if you think of these ideas and then you go ah it's not going to work that's stupid and you don't try it then like nothing ever happens. But the reason why I thought about it, I was like, you know, the reason why, because a lot of like the ideas for my songs, I often start out thinking like, oh, this is really weird. Are people going to get this? Or is it going to, are they going to laugh at me for doing this? Or are they just not going to like feel it or what? But those ideas that I have like that are usually the ones that people really resonate with because they're, because I think they strike me as weird because it's something completely unique and different and new and I've never heard it before because I've never heard anybody else do it before. So if I'm thinking of it and I've never experienced it before, then of course it's going to seem weird, you know, but I, so I, so I took this idea and I just wrote it out and I wrote out all the syllables and it was like, it was kind of like, you know, learning a new language. And I just like, and it just started by like taking the first section and I would just, you know, kind of walk around, or if I was driving, or I was walking my dogs, or something, I would say to myself, "I nip mind 
And, and Did I you get, ever write it down and like piece it together? Yeah, or you just piece I, yeah it I wrote it all out. I wrote it all out, so I had it in three different sections, and then I just memorized the first part. And once I memorized the first part, then I and... then I then I started going through that, and I would go through that once, and then I would start doing the next part. And it took me about five days to memorize, like doing that, just kind of walking around and memorizing it. Because it's different it. words. It's like another language. Yeah, like you it's said. just yeah. like yeah, exactly. It's just random syllables. Right. You know, and originally my first idea was to create something that it would be like one thing when you broke all the syllables apart and then it would come together and be something else. So it would actually, my, my original idea was to create something that like made sense as separate syllables. And then when it came, you know, in the, uh, in the three separate parts, entirely different. and then when it came yeah. together, it would be something entirely different. And I quickly realized that that was like, pr- like pretty much impossible to, to like, <laughs> maybe to, in the future. Yeah. I mean, shoot, man, maybe probably in the future, there'll be like some sort of AI robot that could just uh, like yeah. pop shit like that out in like 20 seconds. But um, it's like you know, one of those pictures that you think is one thing and then it turns. In, yeah, I can't. No, I think that'd still be those too those, complex. Are you talking for, about those like magic, uh, no, magic but eye there's things? Even like the ones where like, you know, you think you're well, it's it's multiple images in one, but you start looking closer, almost like um, Santana's uh, album where like, you know, it's a tiger, but then oh, you right. see women. And uh, right. anyways, yeah, right. No, I was thinking uh, of those magic eye things. I've oh, never yeah, been I able know, to see yeah, those yeah, things. They me drive me nuts. <laughs> Like, I'll sit there and stare at them for, like, an hour, and I've never seen, never been able to see one. Sorry, I interrupted. Um, But, yeah, yeah, just to finish the story out, you know, like, I didn't, um, so I, so I memorized the whole thing, and then I, um, and then I went, and then I didn't, like, even practice it at home, like, with a loop pedal. I just had it memorized, and I had it, like, played out how I was going to do it, and then I just went to the gig, and I tried tried it. tried it live for the first time? Yeah, and I tried it live for the first time. And like it was just like one of those moments where like I did it and then like everybody how did, how was the reception and then the crowd just like when I got to the point where it all came together, the crowd went nuts and I was just like As okay cool do. it worked it, like it's <laughs> it works like way better than I even thought it was gonna it's work so and awesome people just like watching it. people like experience that for the first time that haven't heard it before because they don't know what's going on. You know? Yeah, everybody's face, yeah. like, every, it's like, like at your shows, yeah. everybody's it's just like... It's interesting. And then once they realize what? when it all comes together and you've done your harmony layers and it's just like, whoa, you know, it's always <laughs> that like, what? It's yeah. life, life-changing. Yeah, and it's weird too because it's like here we are like Life years. Changing. It is, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, you know, but it's like it, it, here we are years later and we're... And we're like talking about this thing and you know it's really just like a very small it's it's an idea you know it's it's a a very small idea in in an expanse of like a million ideas that i've had but you know i it's it's really cool because it yeah it's something totally different that like grabs people's attention and you know i did that video of it at four or five around. years ago now that's oh, like yeah, over bro. over 10 20 million, million 20 views million. it's over 20 million views now on youtube and hey i still like our second sunday version better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, you know, know like there's so many good versions yeah i mean it's like i mean it's evolved incredibly since then you know yeah 
Yeah. You always evolve. Your whole setup evolves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's the thing is you gotta, you gotta evolve because it's like doing even something like doing that thing, man, I've do I've done that thing. Like probably like 3000 times at least now, you like know, you get recurring fans that just, you know, they'd be fine with you doing things the same way too. Yeah. But then when you like switch it up and you make it, you know, it just gives them something to. They know when they come back to a Mike Love show, it's gonna be like something they haven't exactly seen or for heard sure. on record. Yeah, for sure. And we, I mean, you know, yeah. There's there's fans that people that have seen us like literally hundreds of times, and you know, and really, it's like for me, you know, because I can't play the same. Yeah. I can't play the thing the same way twice because you'll get sick of it. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain things that, like, I'll do and, you know, like, maybe I'll hit a delay pedal at a cert- on a certain vocal note or something and I'll be like, oh, that was really cool. And so I'll do that. And that'll kind of, you know, as the evolution of the song comes, you know, like, uh, that'll be a part that really kind of sets itself in stone. And, it, and it's like something that wasn't on the album, but mm. at a certain point, I just like really liked it and I started doing that. Or maybe I'll do that for like six months and then I'll start to th- feel like, oh, that part's kind of getting to be like too, uh, too comfortable and then I'll switch it up. But you, you know, should put out more live albums. Yeah, I have a live album that's coming out pretty soon. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I did a live album... Uh, at, at Hawaiian Brian's, yeah. Right. I feel like your live energy is just on another level. Yeah, you know, and doing this live album with the band, uh, you know, back to what back, back to what I was saying about the band, uh, you know, really doing the solo thing and doing the band thing, it's like I did the solo thing and it kind of became my thing for a while, but after a while I really yearned for that connection with other music, musicians, so I built this band um, just... I had already built something that was working that I was touring with that was just me. And uh, and so I started, you know, bringing other musicians in and I started rebuilding a band one by one and I really handpicked musicians um, that that I really felt felt really good about and, and really trusted and... and uh, they can help on that level and even taking it to the next yeah you know. exactly musicians that were just gonna you don't ins- have to inspire me continue to try to no, no come on guys yeah. Yeah. yeah right yeah just somebody that i could go hey you know this is kind of the part you know if i play the piano part this is kind of the part and then like they go oh yeah like this and then make it like you know do what i was doing but but 10 times better and that's kind of like really what what i was looking for and and people that you know i can really vibe with energetically too so i so i built a band around that yeah and we made a live album and uh i'm really really stoked on it. it's just about done mi- nice. being mixed you know and and it's it's filmed and everything so it's like a live, live video. at Wayne Bryant. Nice. yep yeah and and that kind of in, inspired me to i've i've gone back a lot recently and done a lot of like solo shows recently and i and i realized that you know there's there's also this aspect of it that of of my music that people really enjoy when it's just me solo too you know and and so i realized you know i kind of think i want to make a an album a live album like that just solo as well you know and doing this live album with the band kind of made me think about that too so i think i'm going to try and do that this year that's one of the things i'm going to try and do this year maybe pick a cool 
a cool venue and do a solo live. Do as like well, a, yeah. Yeah, a small, like intimate solo thing. And it seems almost yeah. like something you should do at least once a year. For right. Fire. Yeah, I kind of th- I kind of had that thought, you know, or at, or at least like, you know, I think like we took a we took a long time to develop the show that we did. Um, and at the same time as we were developing this show, we also, you know, as writing a lot of mu- new music and and uh, and we're working on a, getting a lot of songs ready for our new album. So we kind of like were incorporating all of this new music and then we went and recorded the all the new music and then after we recorded all that new music and we had really focused and kind of come together really nicely as a band for all of that new stuff because we recorded the album our new album the two inch tape and we did it all live together you did it on tape yeah we did it all live together at the same time you know the horns and everything everybody played live together so we had to do takes start to finish where everybody in the whole band all nailed it together as one so we rehearsed our asses off to do that and we flew up to california and flew down a really uh, amazing legendary engineer jim fox from washington dc to uh to you know run the tape machine and engineer the whole thing and and so t- you know to be we took a week to do that and we recorded two and a half hours of music Damn. so it's wow. like uh it's like a couple albums couple couple volumes of an wow, album you got a that lot I'm, that's in the yeah, so so to do that and then we and then we came back right after that and did our live album and what we did for the live album was we we went we went back a week and we kind of put together a really set a really good set of all of the music from our previous albums that we'd been playing that we'd really kind of revamped and like, you know, there's a song like Permanent Holiday where it's like it it's it's like the album version, but then there's like all of this tons of other stuff that we added to it and all these breakdowns, little parts and like uh, and like little jam sessions and stuff like that within the song that have just changed, you know? So it was kind of like uh, we wanted to really show the world what we'd done, what we'd, how all these songs have evolved because I realized that, you know, for all the people that come out to our shows, for every person that comes out to our shows, there's probably a hundred people or more, maybe more, maybe a thousand people that are like listening to our music and will maybe never come out to see a show because maybe they're not they're not the type of people that go out to shows or maybe mm-hmm. we're not coming to their area or what. You I know, don't really go out that much. Right, you know, and so and but you still enjoy oh, yeah, live your music. Live and, show and, is amazing. And, and a lot of people, you know obviously love watching you know videos of bands on youtube and and we've got a ton of views on on youtube so obviously people like watching us on youtube so i thought well you know a lot of those videos are like you know stuff like this where we set up in we've set up in here and recorded a couple songs and there's not really a live audience you know so people can't really tell if if whether we're sitting there and doing you know 50 takes of it till we get it right or what you know it's like this is a live show where we have a live audience and we're and like you were saying the energy yeah that it's an energy thing that. yeah that's, and it's just like it's it's awesome so exactly so i wanted to like really studio. share that i wanted to share that with the world so so yeah so i think we captured a good one and uh what do you have dates yet on these no i don't i don't really 
Um, but I'm hoping to release it soon. You know, the, the album still, our, our studio album still needs a lot of work, still needs a lot of stuff to be tracked. We're going to add, you know, our uh, trumpet and percussion and have you thought backup of doing, vocals. And, sorry. Yeah. Have you thought of doing like a snarky puppy style live album? It's kind of cool how they did those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it must be a challenge to do too, but it's like you sure. get the closest to a studio quality while still getting the energy of. Yeah. People. Yeah. I mean, those guys for sure, like nailed, nailed it. Um, that, that whole, I like their studio albums too, though. Yeah. Know. Yeah. There's they yeah, they just, they've, the last couple they've done have been just studio albums with overdubs and stuff. I mean, I think yeah. they still do the live stuff is still live. Like, I don't know. There's something special but, about the live stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah, we like it here, and, and yeah, um, we like it here is like one ground of ground up. Yeah, it's like those those two albums are just like. I think yeah, they be in my like if you're on a stranded island with ten albums, like right? Yeah, I we mean, like that's it like here. Would definitely. I think that's the peak of like. You know, not to say that they've like that they've like peaked or whatever, but you know they they. They I like Culture Vulture a lot. Yeah. though. I thought that was super. Just the funk, and you only get that in the studio by layering it. Well, yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, but, it's you know, cool, man. Way. You know, but it's it's cool. But I think like those couple albums, like they're really, like, it was like they really discovered what they wanted to sound like, and they discovered that they were just yeah. like you know they discovered this way of doing it where they were like yeah. all in a studio with an audience and they filmed it all. And it was like, yeah, I mean, there's something really like, it was like all of a sudden, like something yeah. creatively exploded in that band and they hit like a, you know, I mean, yeah. their albums before that are really cool too, but they like, it's like, they just all of a sudden it's like, they, they were like, yeah, we got it. They, they really got it right. You know? And, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it takes the, 10 years before that to get you know yeah there, and, you know yeah. and it's like there was a really they really have a bunch of really cool musicians that play but that lineup you know yeah. uh, and of course like now Corey Henry is doing his thing and he's really blown up on his own and then Sput and Nate are doing Ghost Note yeah, yeah. and you know they've all kind of like go, you I know, like of all course their they stuff still, they still They're come together to do their thing but they you know it's like Snarky Puppy is really Michael League, you know, and he's yeah. and he's always got a bunch of you always hear musicians. his sound too and stuff. Yeah. You know, he's good. yeah, his writing is it, just it's like, like that's what Snarky you know? Puppy is. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but I mean, those guys are all incredible, man, and just like what a powerhouse of musicians. It's just like, it's but it's just like, like it, well, I mean, not a, just like, but like just like, uh, or sort of like Wolf Peck, where they're like, you know, they all go off and do their side projects and stuff, and they're all it's just like. They're all beasts, you know. It's like, yeah, it's all yeah. good stuff. Yeah, they're awesome, man. I mean, it's really. What are some inspiring. of the um, people that you've been uh, been in your playlist? You know, man. Uh, really recently, I just uh, um, I just been listening to that new Coldplay album, which is like. Oh yeah, uh, I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, you know, I, I heard it's better. Like <clears throat> they kind of came back around. With, yeah, you know, for yeah, their last couple the albums were like more that, like electronic yeah. and like yeah but this album is really good yeah i've been really digging that and then yeah and he's I've been a great listening. songwriter i mean yeah you know yeah that's the thing is like this album is more just like it's cooler like stripped down kind of like really 
just really nice songs. Well, yeah, like I've been listening Rush to Rush of Blood or what was the album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, I don't even you know. Was, it's like I was honestly like, not really that ever that oh, into it. Really? I was super into it for a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. A lot I mean, of, it's a good. A album. lot of my friends were into were into them like during that time yeah, when they yeah, were yeah. like really popular. And then after that, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My wife, you know, I didn't ever really listen to them, and then my wife was really into them, and I kind of got into them through her. Uh, you know, because I listened, started listening to their albums where before I had just heard the stuff on the radio and kind of been like, oh, that's not my thing. But then I listened to the albums and I was like, oh, you there's have some the really ability good songs to kind of, you know, hit that emotion. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, 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 some beautiful songs, man. And I've been listening to Moses Sumney. You ever heard of him? No. Yeah, he's oh, really I great. I've listened to him a lot and listened to Bon Iver a lot. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Has he put anything out recently? Um, yeah, yeah, they came out with a new album this oh, year. Oh, cool, I gotta check that out. I yeah. always like theirs. So. Yeah, cool, cool. And they always kind of evolve, too, you know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, when they, when, uh, when he came out with that album, um, maybe like three or four years ago, it was called, like, 22 A Billion or something like that, but yeah, just, that like, was totally really out there. different sound, and, like, just, like, all this really weird, like, yeah, you know, sequencing and like vo- kind of vocals like, with like, uh, you know, like um, pitch tuning and yeah, like like auto yeah yeah, o- yeah like auto tuning vocoder stuff and like a lot of like really weird like kind of like, I mean, I liked his use of that in the album before and stuff, right. you know. Like, yeah, but like that album came out and I just like man, that one really blew me away. Oh, you, you like that one? Yeah. I just never locked into it. I don't oh, know. I man. didn't give it enough chance, but yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, that uh, that album just like... Sometimes the best albums take that, you know, over and over. Like, I remember yeah. the first time I listened to Kid A, I'm like, I don't totally. know if I like this. That's like exactly, every radio you know, but then album. I just like yeah. love it. Yeah. 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 I mean, there was like the Benz and the Benz was like... Well, that's so easy to just yeah, lock Yeah, you're just into. like, oh, this album is so great. It's like and then, listening to the Beatles And then like, OK Computer came out and it was like... Oh, that was uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And even that one, but even that one was for, at first I was like, oh, this is kind of a little like different. Yeah. And then like after you listen to it five times, you're like, this is the greatest thing ever yeah, made, yeah, yeah. you know. And then like the more like weird and esoteric they got, like it was kind of like like with Kid A and stuff like it took like listen to it 20 times. And then at first yeah. you're like, oh, man, this album sucks, you know, and then you're like, oh, OK, it's kind of cool. And then like 20 listens later, you're like whoa, this is, like, really, like, groundbreaking, mm. you know? But when you can still enjoy it 10, 20 years yeah. later, then that's yeah. what that's the what makes it great. Yeah. Know? Yeah, Tool came out with a new album this year, which is oh, really, really that, awesome. Yeah. Do you listen to that? I haven't listened to it yet, but oh, I, yeah. I love Tool. I yeah. mean, they're, they've always been one of my favorites. Yeah, and man. And seeing them live was just, like, mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, man, as far as live out, live bands go. Man, there's something else just, yeah and they 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 kind of come at it, it like with you it's conceptually you know and a lot of it is polyrhythmic and stuff and then when it comes together it's just like oh yeah i mean on their new album i think probably like maybe like two three percent of it tops is in four four yeah, yeah. <laughs> they like, just do just like, like all the yeah. seven it's really cool yeah it's kind of like an evolution of like it's fun to count them out you know and be like what yeah yeah there's some stuff where i'm just like man this is so groovy and i just can't even tell like where the one exactly is but that's so beautiful it's just rolling you know yeah 
and just like, wow, this is so cool. Like, how did they like come together and like doesn't come just, up with this part? It doesn't seem like just mathematical, you know? Yeah, like some totally. Bands yeah, it's are very like, really... like organic right. and groovy, and like it's just like yeah, it's super heavy and groovy, and at the same time you're like, wow, this is like such a weird time signature. I can't even count it, you know? And but you're like still like yeah, if you can just really keep your grooving. hot and, and I mean, you know, <clears throat> they're like. The crazy thing about that is they're they're just like a massive, like one of the hugest bands of all time, you know? And and they had to their own beat, you know, it's just like yeah. they broke all the rules. And I mean when when do you ever hear especially nowadays, like when do you ever hear songs that are like on the mainstream radio that are in odd time signatures? They're like the only band like in the in the 90s in the late in the 2000s like they're the only band that was like on the radio like just like crushing it on the radio on like the with the like chart topping songs you know like i remember when schism came out mm. you know and it was like a that was like a number one song on the radio it was like getting played nonstop. But it's like totally, you know, it's all yeah, like that bass player. Yeah. It's I just mean, just like, each each member of the band yeah. kind of brings their own. Yeah. Amazingness. Yeah. So they're and even Maynard's now. like solo, you know, stuff or, you know, that um, what is Perfect Circle stuff and all yeah, that is perfect like circle and awesome Pussifer, stuff. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Really all good cool, stuff. Man. But um, let's get into some of the goodness that you brought along you brought a new pepe romero custom and, yeah uh, yeah i brought this really really uh, incredible guitar of of yeah, all the people that we get instruments from short of my family man i i got so much love for pepe he is so from the heart he's such an yeah. artist i love that guy yeah man he's a he's a really really beautiful human and awesome guitar builder he comes through in his build and ukulele builder you know i know we're like oh man we're talking about right. guitars now but but um you know this is a i guess this i'm guessing this podcast is a lot of ukulele somewhat uh, <laughs> somewhat People tune in for you no matter what like, just fans <laughs> of you but yeah yeah but, but yeah the, on the website when uh this comes out but it is at the moment <laughs> it's awesome man i love his new skin bracing it's just so open and all the overtones it's just yeah next level yeah and this is this and this guitar is is skin braced too so um so one of the cool things about pepe uh is that he's you know his his he comes from like uh you know these type of instruments uh like a family of, of royalty uh, and his his father his uncles his grand grandfather are uh, you know they're like flamenco legends legends yeah and his dad is a uh, is a living legend just an incredible incredible musician uh, flamenco guitar player classical guitar player and so uh, when Pepe started building guitars his dad uh, you know his family moved from Spain when he was uh, when uh, when his, I think it was before he was born, if I'm not mistaken, but when his dad and his uncles were, you know, adults already, and um, and their grandfather 
uh, brought their family to uh, California, to San Diego. And so Pepe grew up, you know, with that, with that around. And when he started building instruments in his late teens, his dad said, well, you know, I'll, if you want to really do this, I'm going to support you. And he, and he kind of got him everything that he needed and, and said, hey, I know, you know, I'm, in, I'm connected to all of the most legendary builders in Europe. And, and he kind of, so he kind of trained all under a bunch of those different builders and, and learned how to build. But he, but he also took that knowledge and sort of experimented and did his own things with it. So I remember when he was first like, um, talking to me about he how he was building and he was doing reverse. like reverse fan yeah. braces where you know the standard thing was just to do a regular fan brace and he had come across this idea of trying uh, to do a reverse fan brace and he felt like when he did that his instruments really came to life and he also you know, had the feedback of that whole professional community around yeah to, I mean he know. built guitars for Paco de Lucia yeah you know, Paco de Lucia played his album, played his guitars on his last yeah. album that he made, that he recorded right. before he, he passed. His dad basically, like, uh, I think pretty much uh, exclusively plays his instruments most mm-hmm. of the time, um, you know, and, and... And that's not just a compromise for family. Like, right. They sound Exactly. Amazing. I mean, I remember when he said that, you know, his dad brought him to see uh, Paco, because his dad's friends with Paco and he came and they went to a concert and Pepe brought one of his guitars and, and, you know, he said, you know, afterwards his dad came and, you know, he, Paco played one of his guitars and he said, you know, you're, I, I just kind of really didn't expect that much of out of this guitar because I figured, you know, it's, it's a father and he's of course like trying to, you know, talk up his son and he's going to be a proud father. And even if the guitar sucks, he's going to be like, check out my son's guitar. I built, you know? But he said, he's like, I play this guitar and it's, it's yeah, amazing. He's not gonna I go want, phenomenal. I want, it's amazing. I want one, you know? And recorded his album. With yeah. And all, you know, it's yeah. Like, you don't so, do yeah, that for favors. Know? Not when yeah. you're Paco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so and then now he's, he, uh, and, and he had built me a guitar uh, with uh, a cedar and Brazilian rosewood. A guitar a few years ago yeah we have that a video with oh it goodness. if you guys go find it back in the catalog yeah and that's a that's a really beautiful guitar and i love that one and then he uh he started doing this thing with the, with skin bracing where he takes a really really thin instead of doing all of the fan braces where you know they'll they'll do long strips of spruce to strengthen the top uh he does does uh uh one big piece of like really thin uh, you know i mean i i i'm probably gonna explain this wrong or or some of the aspects of it not not totally right so well it's a graduated you know, um you know it's similar to a bracing it's just right it's just one big one, thin piece yeah. super thin like paper thin piece right. of spruce and uh you know the thing that strengthens it is that the grain is like offset I think so the top the grain of this top is going this way and then the grain of the spruce is kind of going this way yeah so that'll strengthen that kind of cross of the two grains will strengthen it uh, without you know and still allow it to vibrate and this guitar is really special because it's got a, um, a sinker redwood top and this really beautiful amazing Italian flame maple give a slow turn on that for the yeah. camera catch it at the angle 
Yeah, you know, it's just kind of like got nice flame. really, really beautiful flame maple, and it sounds really incredible. And yeah, this guitar is just it's got. Sinker Redwood Top is, you know, I mean, you probably know a bit more about it than me, but uh, but I think it, my, my understanding of it is they would log redwood and uh, they would float the logs across right. to be milled because they were, you know, cutting down logs yeah. like close to rivers and lakes and they would kind of float them across to be milled at the, at the um, mill. And then uh, some of them would get saturated and sink to the bottom of the lake and then so some of those logs have been down there for over a hundred years and now they'll send divers down and and kind of like uh you know attach cables and pull up these really old logs that have been sitting down there under the water and getting pressurized or whatever and, minerals collecting yeah and then they just kind of shave off all the stuff on the outside that's sort of saturated and then they got all this really old wood in there and this top pepe said um I think he's he got this wood like over 20 years ago so it's been nice. curing you know with him uh, and he said the guy the other guy had already had it for 20 years or so so it's like pretty you know it's been out of the lake for a while and it was under the lake for a while so it's pretty uh pretty awesome wood already before you even build a guitar you know hey uh, alan will you get a real close-up of that rosette i'm a just love the look of the rosette it's like the the wood choice that he made along with his design so beautiful but everything about that instrument is beautiful yeah yeah it's just really you know like uh like all of his instruments i mean of course it's got a very um old world kind of quality to it french polish it's all and, french yeah. polish and it's all you know these you know hand chiseled <laughs> the and, marriage of the traditional with his modern you know styles yeah i mean and you know if you if you look if you follow him like on uh, instagram or things like that he does a lot of really cool time lapse videos of him like carving a neck hand carving the neck or like uh you know kind of like uh you know, getting the top all the red, thicknessing the top and, yeah. you know, doing all that stuff. And it's really cool. And he's very like, uh, you know, open about all his Truly techniques and how, he, and how he does it. And yeah, it's all, it's just him, you know, it's, he's the only guy start he's, to finish. He's still just building out of his house, right? That little side. No, he has a really, really, really nice shop oh, yeah? now since, that since he, um, that he's had, a couple I think, years uh, I think, Probably close to like a couple of years yeah, now. Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, for a but long it's time really he beautiful. Built, uh, you know, he had that yeah. shop at at his. It was at, at his family, his, yeah. his family home. He had his shop there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and he moved into this bigger shop. And you know, he's got he's got a lot of different things going on. Of course, he's got his Romero Creations line, which is kind of like a. You know, it's all his designs, but they're. I don't. Yeah, maybe you probably know where they're where version. they're built. Yeah, available for. Are they, um, what country yeah, are they're, they're, are they're built in Vietnam. In Vietnam, yeah. So, so you know, they're yeah, they're more, of course, like affordable, um, but still, you know, high quality. It's yeah, not a cheaper right. import. It's right, exactly. Like he, didn't, it's, he didn't 
chintz on you know like finding the cheapest i mean he actually might still have like a even cheaper line but the, the main romero creations line it's it's quite high quality one of the best right. imports out there yeah for sure. i think that was his idea to kind of make and imp- then collaborating you know, with daniel ho and yeah uh, yeah, I think a lot of similar, similar to like the idea of ponos, which are like, you know, yeah. kind of a, a trying more affordable to make a version of out for the, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and that's cool, you know, because it's like you can only make so like Pepe is only going to put out a handful of you know, I mean, there's right, yeah, and I mean, you know, there's only a handful of people that are going to be able to afford sure. one of his ukes, and even more, like what even is more so, there's probably for? like an even smaller handful of people that are going to be able to afford them that actually like can really play them yeah, to the extent yeah. that they, they should be played. I mean, you know, sadly, probably a lot of the really finer quality instruments will, will, you know, be, I don't know. To the I, hands I of, think, I think our customers are players. You yeah. Know, I mean, but not then, sadly, but you know, it's yeah, just yeah, like, they're kind not going like, to be on stage. You know, exactly sometimes the guys like that. that can afford them are, you know, surgeons Hacks or something like, like that when he they, turns it you know but you know, yeah but you know you know what i mean and so but i but i mean it's it's kind of it is sad that sometimes some of the greatest players yeah. are not surgeons are very good with their hands you know? <laughs> yeah i guess so <laughs> yeah uh, right but you know they, they but you know, at the same time those people make it possible for people like pepe to do this thing and course. then there's going to be people like you that come along that get to like you know yeah indulge and, right. and show it justice and whatnot you know yeah and i'm and i'm thankful to to be you know for for guys like pepe you know he's he's really he's such a, a loving, super wonderful dude too. and he yeah. yeah and he's been so supportive of me and my music and he's really like he's he always tells me like how happy he is you know that his instruments are in my hands and and how happy he is to yeah. know that i'm I'm playing them, and yeah, it's just it's nice to be appreciated. It's, it's an honor, yeah. It's a, it's a full way. honor for me because you know I get an instrument like this, and I'm like, man, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm I not mean, worthy. I feel you like know? we do a lot for like all of the companies that we carry in terms of like promotion. He's one of the only people that come <laughs> back to me like, thank you so much, and you know, just shows that like love yeah. that you you're like, yeah, man. You know, it's not just about making money or whatever. It's about you know, loving what, you know, showing the love for people and their hard work and stuff. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, he, you know, he's, I think he's really just an authentic dude and he loves what he does. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's really, when you get a, get an instrument, you can feel the amount of love and attention that was given to it, you know? Yeah. And I'm really... I was I've been blessed to work with you for so long because that really opened my eyes to the world of of really fantastic instruments because you've been always really into that and you know we had the shop yeah. uh you know I started working for you in in Kaneohe and and you know it was only ever most of the time it was only ever one or two days a week but it was yeah. like enough for me to to love, like love on those instruments yeah, yeah. i mean i was or playing even when gigs we had all like drums and keyboards and you just were always able to like play around with the different stuff and yeah yeah but you know like there was the, there was a time when we had you know we were carrying our taylor guitars mm-hmm. and callings and mcpherson, McPherson yeah. and 
you know, we had a lot of different really cool guitars and, mm -hmm. and you know, we would get like some good alls coming through and, and, and like, yeah, just a lot of really nice guitars. And, and I don't think I really, up until then, I, I didn't really realize the difference between like a nice guitar and like a magical guitar. Mm. You know, like, and a guitar like this is really magical. It's because like a Taylor guitar is like, basically you're going to pick up any Taylor mm -hmm. from, you know, your, like the GS Mini or something like that up to like, a, I, you know, I mean, I don't even know where, they, where they're at now, but like the 800 series, series or yeah, 900 yeah, yeah. series or whatever, you know. And, and like every one of those guitars is going to be good because they have this level of consistency, you know, but they're still instruments that are made in a factory. Yeah, yeah. It's got the robot, uh, robot arms like yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. And they're like really, really good at what yeah. they do. And every guitar is going to be awesome, you know, and they're they're kind of better than a lot of the. Sure. Other guitar companies in that way that are that are. And doing that's that why they were so thing. successful. Right. But. But. Something like this is is really incredible because it's like one guy with a vision and he looks at a few pieces of wood and sees like, yeah, this piece is going to go good with this piece. And he taps it and mm -hmm. listens and thinks, yeah, this this one is this set is really going to go together well. And then as he's putting it together, every little movement that goes into it has an endpoint in mind, you know, and I think there's something yeah. really special Start to finish about, uh, you know, the continuity. A, yeah, the continuity of that, and it's just like an intention that you're putting in, start to finish. It's not like this top is gonna be point eight seven five millimeters thick mm -hmm. or whatever, yeah, you know. Because yeah, yeah. every piece like of wood is yeah. different. The yeah. cellular structure. Yeah, it's like you're gonna go, you know, and right. and and listen and be like ah. That needs to be just a little bit thinner or like you know this brace needs to be you know there's no way down to do that more. in a factory right trying to make things as affordable as possible but the converse to that is what are you going to pay 10 grand plus for a pepe romero custom guitar i don't know what they are now but you right know, yeah it's I mean, gonna be a lot <laughs> yeah it's something yeah exactly you're gonna you're gonna for for a guitar like this yeah you're gonna you're gonna pay because you know it's like if he's only building 10 or 20 guitars a year or something yeah. i mean i don't even know what he what he does a year yeah. but it's probably you might be able to get them a, i don't know i we just sell his ukes so maybe they're a little <laughs> bit more affordable starting from that but I yeah know. i don't know that sounds about right honestly yeah and you know um it's, I mean, even back I mean, in the day when I would when I would see guitar salon like with his guitars, they would be ten grand yeah, plus. 10 or I twelve think or, yeah. ten. If, if I was, yeah, if I was talking. Yeah, about yeah. I mean, I'm not really sure, but um, if you play like Mike, you like might that. get a better deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helps to be friends. It yeah, helps yeah. to be friends with the guy, you know. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be like emailing him now. Hey, Pepe, how are you doing, yeah, man? Right, right, so, hey, what's up? Hey, can bro? I take you out to lunch? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Let's hang out. No, um, but yeah, you know, it's like that. That, of course, you're gonna you're gonna pay more. It only makes sense that you would. But if you're looking for something that's gonna be magical, then yeah. you know you're gonna. Yeah, and especially gonna... if that's your profession. But it's kind of silly because, like, you know, for years in in Hawaii, and you were even a part of the scene, you know, playing 
I mean, you you are, but like you have these killer players playing like I don't know, seven hundred dollar Takamini on stage <laughs> or something like that, and you're just like, what? Well, you you know, the pickup system yeah. once you're doing the live thing has a lot to do with what, whether you like something, but right. You know. But I mean, you know, like if you use the like the um, the acoustic that I use. Um, you know, was built for me by my friend Michael Bile, the the, yep. the steel string that I use, and you know, it's a the pickup system that I use is a it's a piezo pickup and a mic. So talk about that more. Exactly what your pickup system? Yeah, is, so it's, it's the the LR Bags Anthem, and it's a it's like a pickup system right. that for me, I I I've been through a ton of different pickup systems, but but as soon as I started using this one, it was like a game changer because uh, they came out with it. I don't know, maybe like seven or eight years ago now. What what pickup is it? It's the, the anthem. anthem. It's just a regular anthem. It's it's like a it's a piezo pickup and then a condenser mic. And what it does is it has a built-in crossover. So, you know, the thing about piezo piezo pickups is like they don't feed back and they're pretty nice and balanced. But then with the high end, you get that really like plasticky kind yeah, of yeah. You don't get the real natural fake really fake sounding high end and even the upper mid range is like really kind of like nasally and it's not nice you know yeah yeah but then the thing about using a mic is it can be boxy and it and it like the the low end feedback is like really troublesome so you get like you know you get in a bigger room or something and then you know you hit that one note and it's just like <laughs> you know yeah. it's, you can't control that low end feedback with a mic especially a condenser mic so they built in a crossover which takes all of the you know frequencies from a certain like low freak, low mid frequency and below it takes that from the piezo like pickup and then it takes yeah, yeah like something just, like that yeah, 400 yeah. or 250 or something mm. takes everything from that below and you can adjust the point too and uh, and then it takes everything you know all the high mids and the highs from the from the condenser mic and and blends the two and then there's a you know there's a blend and there's a gain setting for the mic and how, what do that. you use? Do you use like full blast on the mic? So the way I do balance? it, because I because I also use um, like effects and stuff, and I'll you know like I run my acoustic through like you know at, when I'm doing like a lead, I'll have like a wah pedal and like two boosts and a compressor and a delay on like, and that's kind of like my one of my main yeah, lead yeah, tones, yeah. you know. So it's pretty nuts trying to like balance that with using a condenser mic. So. The setting that I use is I pretty much t bring the gain almost all the way down on the condenser mic, so it's pretty low gain. Yeah. But then I have the blend set all the way to all the condenser mic. So it's like the condenser mic is fully in use, but it's just not very hot. So it's okay. still kind of like a lot of the body is coming from the piezo pickup, but just like, yeah, just Bleeds doesn't feedback. The and then I use a, also use a sound hole cover, which yeah. really helps a lot. That's like and crucial. Yeah, and you know, I find too that like, uh, even like at a low volume with that, with the with the sound hole cover out, it sounds like it doesn't sound as good. Like it sounds better with the with the body closed. Yeah, yeah, uh, it it's a different too um, much. It's it kind of you know, like yeah, I don't know, it, maybe it yeah, exactly. It, it might be it contained. might be a little bit of like feedback or something, but it just kind of sounds like it's got this more Wolfie. like honky kind of nasally sound when it's yeah. open. And then you've got your trigger. Yeah, and I use it, and I have like a little trigger that I built that I use for triggering a kick drum. And then I have a, um, I also have a separate output that I use for a sound hole pickup, which just picks up the 
E and the A strings that I use for like for a low string. octave. Um, so that comes out of a completely separate output and goes through a octave pedal to drop it down an octave and a compressor. Is that for your band um, scenario too, or just like? No, that's just when I do the solo stuff. Because yeah. I mean, when I have the band, I have yeah, a you got player. a bass player. Uh, so, yeah, right. so a lot of the stuff that I do with looping, um, you know, I'll start and, and um, I'll start a thing and I'll and I'll do like a loop as. <laughs> I'll loop that and then I'll play a bass line. But you'll kick on oh, your But I'll have an octave pedal, pedal yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know? And then, uh, but then sometimes with those parts, with songs like that, then I'll drop it out for a bridge or something. And then I kind of, you know, like what we were talking about earlier with the, with the pedal board expanding, it was like situations like this where, you know, I was, I was looping and then I would have a bridge and I would drop it out and then I'd lose that bass line for the bridge, you know, and so everything would drop out and it'd just be like guitar and vocals for a bridge. So I started thinking about, well, how can I like play guitar and the bass at the same time so that when I drop out for the bridge, I can turn, I can kick in that bass and I can have like a, you know. But then that, these bottom strings, you know, it'll have this guitar signal, but at the same time, the, the bottom two strings <laughs> have a bass line going as well, you know, that's an octave lower because of that other pickup. So that that necessity is what drove me to figure out that solution. And that's kind of like how my pedal board grew just from ideas. And like a lot of times it came from like, you know, something, you know, like uh, like I was uh, looping and I would get and I would. And I, there was a point where I was running my mic and my guitar into the loop pedal. And then you had to like kind of balance them. And then I could, you know, I'd, I'd loop one thing. And then if I wanted to loop, you know, the mic and the guitar at the beginning and do that beatbox and do the loop, it was cool. But then I wanted to add a bass line and I wanted to add another guitar part and I wanted to add a guitar harmony. And I'm, you know, the whole time I'm looping those three other two other parts, you know, I got my mic here and it's like, recording all the sound from the room and coming back on the monitor so so I started using in-ear monitors so I wouldn't have a monitor feeding back and then eventually I figured out that I could um, you know separate the loop setup from the actual inputs and run everything into a mixer and then run an aux in from the mixer into the looper so that I could do that original loop and loop my vocal and loop the guitar and then once I was done with that I could turn the mic down to the loop pedal, still have it going through the PA, but it wasn't going to the loop pedal so that I could actually start to play those other guitar parts and just start singing the song and be looping the guitar parts while I'm singing and it wouldn't be looping my mic. And a lot of that stuff just came out, came from like, ah, oh, the mic is feeding back and like, how do I make this cleaner? How do I make it sound better? You That's know, so it was always there just was like- There was no blueprint for yeah, what exactly. you do. Yeah, And there still isn't, and still out. a lot of the time yeah. I like, you know, I'm still trying to figure out solutions and new, you know, to make it better. And yeah, but when you guys see Mike Love live and you see his hands moving mixers and all of that jazz, you know, yeah, your feet a, are at work, your hands are at work. You got a lot going on. Yeah, it's there's fun. definitely like a little area in my brain that's that's taking care of all that stuff. While you I'm just playing. turn it off and it just yeah. goes into the zone. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful thing. So this, there's this guitar, and then, um, yeah, there's a... 
There's one that you oh, haven't tried. There's yet. another uh, really special guitar that um, I'm actually just getting tonight. Hey, but um, or, uh, and and you only ordered it like what seven years ago? That was about nine. No, yeah, it was. Uh, I think I have the the um, the original down payment receipt from uh, 2010. What? Oh, a decade in the works. <laughs> yeah, here we are, 2020. It took, so if yeah, you guys have uh, a ordered customs and you're getting too antsy, um, Mike's been a testament for patience. Yeah, right. Just leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, well. Talk about... guitar was man a lot of a lot of um, money <laughs> well a lot of guitars have like uh, kind of like come into my life since when I asked Noah <laughs> when I asked Noah to build this for me it was like man, it was I, I, I feel I, ashamed I mean, of how long it took but you know I'm also equally impressed by the love the concept kind of talk about what is what is these uh inlays mean to you here yeah so uh so this is this is my family you can see it's the tattoos i have on my arms as well you know and these are like uh these are kind of the different animals that represent you know myself my wife my son charlie my son leaf my daughter mila and my son Advaya, and they're like the um, animal nicknames that that um, have kind of come out, you know, of me for for them over the years, and um, and when I first commissioned this guitar from Noah um, all those years ago, I had uh, I had my artist. Uh, his name's Daniel Oguin, and he's an incredible artist. He's done a bunch of my album covers and a bunch of my like uh, T-shirt art and poster art and stuff. And he's a really, really awesome artist from here. And he did these uh, he did these inlays for me, and uh, and it was like uh, you know we came up with the idea, and then he came back with this, and it was I was really into it. And then you know as time went by. Noah was Noah was building the guitar, and then something would happen, and I, I don't know. It's just, it was just like this funny thing that something would happen, and then he would he would go, oh, okay, well I guess I, like I remember the first thing that happened was uh, he built the body, and then uh, and and we didn't really talk about it, and then and then you know I came in and he and he had and he had like uh, done the back and the sides. And I came and I and he had the back and sides all together and they were all braced and glued together and I got here and I was like I was like, Oh, um yeah, but no, I need a cutaway. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, yeah, we had not talked about it, you know. We had not talked about that aspect of it and I was like, Oh yeah, I need a cutaway. So he's like, Okay, let me see if I can figure it out and then 
he ended up just scrapping that back and sides and starting on a new one. And then uh, I think Jeb screwed up at one point <laughs> along the way, too. Yeah. Yeah. There it was, was like, like he tried to. I don't know. There but, was different stuff that happened. And I think this this is actually the third body that that mm. um, was actually built for this guitar. And I think Ryan Condon kind of took it the distance here. Yeah, I think Ryan, I think probably at the, at the point that it finally came to, Noah was just like, you know what? You know what? Maybe <laughs> you do it, right? <laughs> Ryan yeah. is a hell of a builder. Yeah. He's one of my favorite builders. His, his classicals and his steel strings and his arch tops, he's uh, one of the best luthiers in the world just the kind of guy that sits in his little room there doing it but yeah he's great even man. really yeah, he's great. To toot his own a, horn this but is a testament to it yeah this is uh that milo the back and sides are milo so that's a um that's a hawaiian hardwood that um it's like a hawaiian rosewood yeah i mean you know correct me if i'm if i'm wrong but i think uh it's uh, in a way, it's it's more prized than than koa. Sure, and it's harder to yeah. I mean, it was a royalty, you know. It was like the wood that the royalties right, would use yeah, for their bowls and stuff. But mm -hmm. it's, I mean, and it's a tree give, that give another grow look at that, that back in a turn for the. I mean, that's just, yeah. just beautiful. And the thing about making a, a guitar out of it um, was actually um, originally. Um, you know, Noah was building the first, the first try was actually a core. Uh-huh. Yeah, back and sides. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, that whole thing with the, with the cutaway happened. Right. And then right at that time, you a guy had come in and said, hey, I have this, uh, like, set of Milo. And Noah was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's, this set is, like, big enough for a guitar, which is pretty uncommon because the Milo tree doesn't grow that big so you know you'll see a lot of ukuleles made out of it but you won't see a lot of guitars because the sets don't mm -hmm. usually get big enough to make a guitar out of it and noah had gotten a set and he talked to me about the wood and he said oh it's, it's a really great sounding sets. wood mm. and and uh you know and and i was kind of like you know back and forth originally uh, about going with koa because i don't really like uh, the sound of a lot of koa guitars but I'd heard guitars that Noah built out of koa, and I thought they sounded great. So yeah, I was mine like, does. Right, exactly. So, so I was like, oh, you know, and I want a guitar. You know, I'm from, I'm born and raised in Hawaii. I want a local Hawaiian wood. wood. You know, so I was gonna originally do it out of koa, and then this, and then this Milo came up, and I said, yeah, that, you know, that's it's what a, I want. It's you amazing. Know? And one of the most beautiful pieces of wood ever. Yeah. So yeah, and then it's a European spruce, you know, and of course my. Um, ancestry is european so it's kind of like uh mm. this is like my family guitar you know because it's like my home and my ancestry and my family you still have a beautiful piece of koa there on the faceplate yeah exactly and a nice koa rosette and koa binding yeah
first time playing it, huh? What do you think? Yeah, it's cool. It's got a nice bottom end to it. Yeah, it's nice, man. It's beautiful. players for you. Because you have a guitar that was built by Ryan as well, huh? Yeah. It's a bit smaller of a body. Um, this one sounds great, but you know, it's not gonna have the same low end and, right. you know. But yeah, I've always loved that guitar, man. It's very cool. It feels good. It's like the, yeah. the easiest playing guitar, like just holding it because the body's so small. I'm assuming it's just a bit shorter of a scale. I think it's the same. Same scale? Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. I think uh, he shaved the neck down a lot more. So it's like really skinny mm -hmm. and, you know, easy to do the, you know, the, the over the top. Mm -hmm. You know, you use your mm -hmm. thumb for the, the bass notes. And is it a one and three quarters nut or? I don't know. I didn't even, I told him to just build me a really good playing guitar. <laughs> and he's like, all right. And then I traded my car. <laughs> Trading your car for the guitar. Yeah, that the Corolla. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, "Yeah, I could use another car." I was like, "You know, I could use a guitar." It's kind of a meter. Like, Let me talk to my wife. Right? Yeah, and like that, the car still works. I think it was a good. Yeah. I mean, I could still use that car, but <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy with this yeah. guitar. Your yeah. wife was like, "Hey, what happened to our other car?" <laughs> You're like, uh, it got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> but check out this guitar. That I yeah, yeah. But hey, I found this guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Just on the side of the road where my car was supposed to be. Just came rolling down the street. Yo. <laughs> you remember that you guys played a song together like probably 10 years ago? I think ago. it was about 10 years ago. What was that? I forget. In the it old acoustic room. That was when you were... Man, we played a lot of songs in that Oh, room. yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, but I remember Corey came in for that one. And it was I one of your dumb conscious songs. Mm. Yeah. There's, oh. there's been 300, yeah. maybe 500 <laughs> songs he's written since then. Oh, yeah. Oh, Promised Land. Yeah. Yeah. That's I forgot how to play it already. So. <laughs> What's, uh, I don't know, is there is there something uh, like more recent you can give us a flavor of, even if it's not finished, Mike? Uh oh. Nah, yeah. Putting you on the spot. Secrets. <laughs> let me see. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, let me play that with tuner real quick. Oh, sorry. How long are you back on the island? Oh yeah, man. Um, I got kind of a lot of like uh, little little trips here and there. I'm in a couple weeks. I'm going to 
to Aotearoa in Ooh. New Zealand. Wow. And it's dude, incredible where you're, you're going all over the world. Yeah, man, I got like a really cool kind of like... Uh, following. Couple months. Yeah, really cool following for sure. Yeah. I got a cool couple months like coming up, you know, I was just in Australia and I'm going to Aotearoa and then I'm going to like California and then uh, Florida and then doing some shows in Colorado and I'm going to the Philippines and um, Japan. Philippines. Philippines oh, and Japan, Japan for the first time. Nice. Yeah, which is really cool. You know, the Philippines is like a, it's, it's a really interesting place for me because I like, uh, I've, for a, a long time, we've had so many fans there, yeah. and more than any other country. Um, just like I'll see videos all the time of of Filipino covers. bands doing covers yeah, of our yeah, songs yeah. and doing them like really well. You know, it's, yeah, really, I've seen a bunch of really musical culture, you know, and so many people over there play. Yeah, and they're they really a, good too. They have such know? a fun culture too. You know, my wife's Filipino, and right, just. I just, you know, every time we get together with the family, it's like karaoke and just, you know, like, yeah, it's all sure, about man. the music, you know, they like to have a good time. You can jam this one with me. It's not, it's all in the same key. Okay. Hey, you want the tuner? Yeah. You don't screw this up, Corey. Oh, there's a start noodling all over now. Yeah, yeah, there's like a I'll solo. I'll just make like there's a playing. There's I don't like want to ruin anything. <laughs> nah. There's just a give solo me the backing and then I'll play the backing and you do the solo. <laughs> no, no, you can do the solo. <laughs> I'm afraid. What key is it? Um, it's just in a, a, uh, a minor. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, This is like a new song. It's not even... This is not even a song I, I recorded on the... On the album, it's kind of a newer one. Thank you for sharing it, Sam. You know, I mean, yeah. it's probably going to evolve I don't know, into maybe something I, even different. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully I know all the words and, like, mm. know it's how it goes. It's amazing to me how what. you retain all of it, but you've always been really good at that. Even yeah. when you played other people's songs, I'm like, how do you remember all these lyrics? You're yeah, like, oh, no, I've always do. kind of had a knack for memory and memorization. Great, yeah. yeah. That's probably one of the top skills for musicians. Yeah, you know, you taught me that. Um, I actually did this thing on my new album. Um, uh, I in the recording. The yeah, in the recording, like yeah. I, I, I fucked it up, like, and I was like listening back to the recording um, that we did, and like, I was just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and redo that because it's like really, it's really tough, man. But I was kind of thinking, like, man, maybe I should was just like, the, like the... maybe I should just teach it to Corey and have him do it. It's like this thing. I haven't done it in a while, so it's probably going to be like even gnarlier here, but it goes like this. You know, so it's like that. Um, What's the first chord? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird one. It's like this. Um, yeah, it's trippy. Yeah. It's one of those Damn, Tommy Emmanuel inspired. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. It's like that kind of to, um, Tommy Emmanuel, like um, somewhere. Over yeah, a bunch of bunch or, of the yeah. jazz guys do it. Yeah. But yeah, it's this cool, like you know, for anybody out there out there watching, it's just like a, it's kind of a, 
it's this harp sounding thing, but you can just take, I mean, it's the easiest way to do it is if you just take a, a bar and do your bar across it. And then you, you're, what you're doing is you're playing the harmonic on the fifth, you know, you're playing the harmonic an octave above, and then you're playing the three strings over. So if you're playing the harmonic on the low E string, then you play the G string. But because you're playing, but you're playing that G string open. So because you're playing that harmonic on the on the E string, and then you're playing the G string open, those two notes are only, rather than being an octave and a minor third apart, they're just a minor third apart. And then you're just going over each string like that, moving up. So basically, you're playing a bunch of notes that are right in the same range, but because they're open strings ringing against each other, it yeah, sounds like a harp, you yeah, know? Yeah. So you're having a lot of like tones that are all clustered together, but, but you know, you're doing them really quick. And so you can just, that's how Corey taught me. And I, and I started out just by just doing that bar. And the thing about it is, uh, you know, that Corey explained to me is like, you can't, you have to do like a chord that isn't really repeating in notes because if you have octaves of notes then you're playing if you're doing a an octave and then you're playing that same note you're gonna have the same notes overlapping yeah, so yeah, yeah. so you kind of got to create these weird chords like that you know to where you have a cluster of notes that none of the notes overlap so yeah mm. it's like yeah. the dream sequence but i was like thinking like you know man maybe i Corey can do it like way cleaner than me, so maybe I'll just I have him like. That I'll probably just have you learn time. it and like <laughs> come <laughs> yeah, in the no, studio no, and do it for me. Oh, he would love to. <laughs> I'll do like that. Um, I'll just and then I'll do in the music video. I'll pretend like I'm doing it, <laughs> like uh, like David Bowie did when when he like he like hired Stevie Ray Vaughan to play Let's Dance. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he made the music video and and Bowie was just like playing <laughs> and Stevie Ray was like, what the fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's the yeah. chords again? Oh yeah, it's like a, if you do like if you're barring that and then you just it's it's kind of a, a hard chord to hold because you're just doing one fret above on the middle finger on the A string and then on the G string and the D string. So yeah. So. Oh. Yeah, it's weird because you can't get that. It's hard to get that bar over. Yeah, so right there, those first three is just the it's just the B, F, and the A. What chord would that be? Oh, God, I don't even know, man. The chord of enlightenment. It's kind of like a um, it's kind of like a, I guess it would be like a, cause there's like a flat five, and then a, sh and then a sharp five. <laughs> you know, so it's like that's ah, pretty trippy chord. Uh. <laughs> With Zelda, yeah. Well, oh. if you guys know me, <laughs> Mike is a big Zelda. Fan. I'm like right, yeah, for sure, man. I'm like right in the middle of playing Ocarina of Time like, again <laughs> right now. Re is there a remake? No, no. I just like playing the original one again. <laughs> yeah, that is still. That's one of the best games, game, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Zelda. I'm like a Zelda fanatic. I got really into Breath of the Wild when it came out. Yeah. Yeah, I get like obsessive about those games and I gotta like get every, 
you know, every heart piece and every, you know, like oh, Breath shit. of the Wild is crazy because you can go like deep and get like tons of like different outfits. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the motorcycle. Yeah, for sure. I got that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It's like the kind of like Zelda intro for sure. Funny, you don't even know where inspirations come, but all the things that go into your ears just, you know, yeah. probably inspire. For sure. All right, let's try this song. I, I think I usually play with a capo, so I don't know if. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll just try it out. Okay. Just because you close your eyes Doesn't make it disappear Can you hear the sufferer's cry You'll suffer no more If you cover your ears If you put up your picket fence Does the world outside you just go away Behind your ignorance, afraid to speak up. But when they come for you, it'll be too late. I wanna feel the pain. I don't wanna read in the news. Lord, I just can't live no more when the four hours up behind locked doors with the curtains pulled. I wanna know the truth. I heard about. Famine in Africa Heard about the war in the Middle East Saw it on the news on my TV Seems so unreal Like a Hollywood movie Heard about the fires in California The devastation of the radiation in Japan And what if it your own familia Only then would you care To lend a helping hand I wanna feel The fear The shit they just don't show you In the news Lord I just can't live no more In the four hours Up a high life toss With the courage is I wanna know the truth Give up the 
picket fence There's a world outside you just go away It's like, it's not just the sound of your music and your voice and your compositions. Like, what also touches people is that these messages are real, you know, and crucial. And it's like thought-provoking in the right ways. And I mean, I probably spend too much time just thinking about what the world is going to be like for our children and grandchildren. And well, most people probably don't spend enough time thinking about that. And um, I just try to stop short of a really dark depression because I don't know. Well, man, you know, you, you I mean, it's, to... it's that's the thing is it's um, it is hard, you know, and and we all have kids and course we're worrying about what the world is going to be like for our kids uh, when they get to be our age because things are exponentially happening in a very scary way and we're learning about things now Um, we're learning about things that we've contributed to all our lives uh, and haven't thought about really you know, and things that and we also learning that we that knew, you people know. did know. Yeah, but right. the you know, yeah. dollar interests were right, counter exactly. to like we doing the right knew, thing. We knew when we were kids that you know, fossil fuels were bad and that cars were polluting the environment. And even the fossil fuel companies knew way before. You know, they they did the studies back right way before, and they just didn't right. And it's just been greed that's that's yeah. fueling the whole thing. And the thing is that it's. You know, it's taken these drastic catastrophes like, you know, these fires in California and fires in Australia and this, uh, you know, massive toxic pollution and, you know, in our oceans and in our air and, and, uh, you know, these, these just drastic, this drastic climate change that's happening you know, like I said, exponentially. And what doesn't help too year. is like the the useless wars. Like that also, I mean, beyond just, you know, all the destruction and displacement of people and all that kind of stuff, it's like also contributing, you know, very much so to um, the Pollution, environmental waste. problems. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, mean ima- imagine how much industrial <laughs> effort goes into just creating all of the exactly. all of the weapons i mean you know let alone yeah. the you know the uh the pollution that's created when it's actually used and and the you, you know, know the suffering and the fear and the you know into kind of a darker almost you know depression recently was reading the afghanistan papers that the washington post put out um and i mean I kind of, uh, you know, it just, what it shows is that for 
the last 20 years and across, you know, three different administrations, we've been lied to <laughs> and they yeah. knew they were lying. And I mean, even though I assumed a lot of these things to just see it in paper and I don't know, I, I remember right. back in the day, you know, I mean, one of the reasons that we had to close our store in Wahiwa was because, you know, we were all excited. Oh, the troops are going to, you know, Obama's going to bring all the troops back from Iraq. And it's like, oh, even more, like all school fields all went to Afghanistan, which was a large chunk of our business. But I mean, right. you know, even beyond just our business, we, that's just, a, I well, mean, it's just you know, people, you know, just well, people. Right. But it's just lives. It's lives. It's like, you yeah. know, it's like, it's lives, waste. It's, it's a trillion dollars of it's, our taxpayer money. But it's like, even more importantly, people die for these things. It's like, yeah. we send people, it's like you want to feel the necessity. And when they even admit at this point, they didn't even really know their mission half the time. It's just kind of like, geez. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, depressing to me, but, you know, there's, uh, it's not, I mean, we're in 186 different countries. And right. Just and like, I mean, it's, it's like, like there's, there's, there's this, uh, there's still this, like, very, um, you know, very big, like, patriotic um, movement here in in America. And it's like a lot of these guys are like, going, you know, and it's like, it's hard. You, and and people are are very patriotic and of course you know we have our troops and and everywhere you go you know people are saying you know thank you for your service and it and it and it's it's like yeah of course like i support people that are i, I mean i don't i don't support it but i do sure, sympathize with people that course. are that are doing what they think is their civic duty but i think like you said it's like a lot of times they're just like they think they're they, fighting they, for america but they're not fighting for america they're fighting for the, the interests troops feel of, deceived when they're like on missions they don't need to be you know it's yeah. like look i mean we appreciate our freedoms but it should be a like used as a necessity like you right. know yeah i mean i wrote the song you know i wrote the song no more war and and um you know i wrote it for the troops and i wrote it it's a song about about young guys being deceived and duped into into uh, joining the military, you know, at a really young age, coming out of high school when they don't know what they're doing and they've been desensitized and, and they've, uh, you know, been playing all these video games and everything and watching the movies and it's all like, it's all, uh, you know, propaganda to get, to get, to glorify being a soldier and then you, and then you become 18 and, and, you know, it's like the, yeah. the opportunity is there and, and you get, you know, and you get paid and you, and it's like you support your family and it's your best option. And so you join up and you think you're serving your country and, and, you know, you're really serving the elite corporate and you're serving interest, serving the corporate corporations, corporations yeah and 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 i used to be you know as when i first wrote the song you know we play of course we're playing in bars and there's a lot of military guys yeah. there and and you know when i first wrote it i would like i would look around and i'd see like big groups of military guys and i would think oh, i better I better not play this song because i don't want to make these guys feel bad you know and then you know it came back to that same thing like sometimes you're afraid to 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 yeah, it takes do something or say something because you don't want to hurt people's feelings but then but then you know i realized that t those times when i would play that song and the military guys would be there they would always come up to me afterwards and be like hey man you know thanks for that song that song really resonates with me you know and it's like i realized like these guys that is exactly how they feel even yeah. they're living it you know they're like they they bought into it they realized once they bought in like there's no getting out of this you know they have to serve their time and and 
do as they're told. And it's like a contract that's punishable by mm-hmm. imprisonment if you break it, you know? And it's like... I was there many times. I gotta say, man, you've always had immense courage to just say what you thought was right despite what you thought people would necessarily want to hear. And you've been talking about this stuff ever since I knew you and just kind of wait. I don't know. I mean, for for me, I was always right there with you, but I, I gotta say, it's only been more recently that I felt like I entirely lost hope in the institutions that we're supposed to believe in. Right, but I mean, that's the beauty of that's the beauty of humans, you know, is we are ingenuitive, and I my hope comes from humans as individuals because oh yeah there's many people doing beautiful things yeah and i and i see that happening more and more and more and and a lot of what i try and um talk about now and 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 a message that i try to spread is that you know we live in this system that it's kind of broken praise it's a broken system but it all but it prays it works because people buy into it you know and it Mm -hmm. preys on indoctrinating people and it preys on uh, you know dumbing people down keeping them yeah you know busy keeping them working the media jobs they don't the reality tv don't the average american watches six hours of bs television every day right you know and and it's like so you have all these things in this system that's that's really cleverly designed so much propaganda from, from the time you're a kid yeah and it and it's and it's built to keep people from accessing and reaching their true potential but i feel like now more than ever people are waking up to that and there's and we live in this time where people are so sick of being lied to and like you said you know it's like now the lies are they've they've become so bold with their lies that they're so blatant and i think that's going to be the undoing of the system is like people like donald trump are being yeah. allowed to run the country and it's like you look around the world and it's just the situation's really no different like no, in yeah, australia not, in brazil there's you know, like we, they have these really really horrendous leaders as well and it's hey like, let me read you a comment that i just saw come through to our youtube a, a couple hours ago and it was on your um on your video that you recorded for our second sunday's leaders mm. so this um lady Angela wrote I listen to this song all the time it is usually really inspiring for me but today my heart aches I'm from Australia I've been an activist for over six years fighting for our planet our oceans and our animals our country is burning our prime minister is a joke and has become a laughing stock to the entire world I feel so helpless and broken and I'm crying out where's all the leaders Come out of hiding, where's all the teachers? We need you now. To all the healers, this is a calling. This world is slipping into darkness. Thank you, Mike. Your music always helps me, even when everything seems too much. Your music is out of this world. I unfortunately missed out on seeing you earlier this week at Mulumbimbi? Mulumbimbi, yeah. And at Woodford. I was sick and I'm fun, but your music is always here. This song needs to be released. The world needs to hear this. Love, thank you, Mike. You know, and I mean, there's endless comments of the same sentiment for your music and appreciation, but it's just, 
it's hap- I mean, it's not like it's this is a s- American systemic problem. Yeah. These things are the lack of true, honest, unbought leaders that are willing to work for an honest future that works for the grandchildren and their grandchildren that are going to come. If right, and I mean, far between. Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean we live. You know, the thing is, like, we, we, the world is is so drastically different. Um, you know, in in so many different parts, it's all it's all tied together. But like, there's there's so many places you can go and see the effect of the opulence in countries like America and Australia. And you can go to, uh, you know, third world countries in in Africa or, or Asia and see, you know, the 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 effects of of, you know, puppet governments that are that are basically, you know, have been installed to release all of the all of the wealth and all of the, uh, you know, sure. industry from from those countries. And so the people there suffer greatly for it you know and 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 they've been going through that for for decades and decades yeah. uh, and millennia. it's like you know the what they're doing ends up polluting the water so bad that the kids grow up without clean water to drink and you know meanwhile we have like you know we're spending money to go here and there and there's even parts of our country that don't have clean water and you know right it's just and they would just—they would be like—they—they they would be appalled to know that we flush our toilets with drinking water. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's you know, true. yeah. When they, you know, will walk ten or twenty miles just to get clean water, you know, and and yeah, it's a—it's like you said, it's—it's it's a broken system, but but also like uh, we are—we're living in a in a time of of great change and. It's a time mm. of necessity for great change, and I think that the it's, system it's is broken. Like it's kind of covered down. by the despair, but yeah, you always manage to also bring up the light, you know. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, man, we have children, and we have to. Yeah, we can't just let it. Yeah, we can't just be like this world is fucked and it's just going down in flames, and while. It's hard to not feel that way sometimes and see like every year how the fires burn hotter and and more and more people lose their homes and more and more places become uninhabitable and it's and it's moving quicker and quicker and the ice caps are melting and the sea levels are rising and we have all these predictions for uh, you know water drying up and uh, you know drinking water drying up and and uh, temperatures rising and temperatures you know becoming unlivable in many places and it's like you know these are they're they're hard things to look at knowing our 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 children are are growing up with this and and but inheriting simultaneously, this from it. it's like you know people like me that are like oh this but like we're also trying to just survive because like right. the wealth inequality keeps growing and you know you've got a couple people in this country that uh, own you know more than the whole bottom half and I don't know it's right. just it's it's, a, it's like something that's like there's gotta be something big yeah that, there's uh, an awakening I mean we are we're we're living in it now and we're seeing it happen now and the, and and uh, this is the beginning of a breakdown you know 
and uh, it, it is. It's the beginning of a breakdown. It's 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 happening, and and sometimes for something to be fixed, it needs to break. You know, it has to get to that point to where like everybody's had too much. The lies are too blatant. Right. And the thing the, is that the that, poor are gonna eat the rich. I don't know. I, I mean, symbolically, it's gotta yeah, like right. I mean, come it's up. it's like there's there's definitely gonna the the financial illusion has to collapse. Yeah. For a real change to happen, and that's the thing is it's true. It truly is an illusion. You know, people are are uh, even more than ever. Money is becoming a complete. Uh, I mean, you know, the it's sham just becoming. That it is, no, is yeah, like, no, I mean, it's, it's like, not even. What's this based on? <laughs> it's moving. It's it's moved more and more. You know, from the Federal being, Reserve just keeps creating it. What? Right, exactly. There was a point where it was based on gold. Uh, on gold, and then yeah. it and then it came off of that, and they were still printing money, but at least it was still physical money. Yeah. And now, it's like physical money is even being um, you know phased out, mm-hmm. and and we're just basically trading numbers on. That's why and, they call it a computers. currency because it's just yeah exactly yeah but, you know and it's like all of that it's all you know so much of it is being created from thin air and it's just like it's it's such an illusion you know but at the same time it's what the this whole system of illusion is run off of yeah you know so for that to for the system itself to fail the the money has to fail and there's gonna be you know there is going to be a big breakdown and there is going to be a lot of chaos, but you know, I think, uh, a Phoenix will rise out of the ashes. And I think that humans are, I want to be with you when that goes down. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I want to be with my family yeah, we and, gotta, and we got to stay and, tight and be strong. Yeah. You know, and I think that, that, yeah, there's a lot of bad natured humans out there and there's a lot of a lot of people that are that are greedy and there's and, more good people but I, but yeah that's i mean my experience is that that uh most of the people that i come across are yeah. are loving and caring and they want to they want to make this world better and they just don't really know how to even start you know and i think that i always try and i always try and empower people by reminding them that you know the system kind of like makes us feel like we're all cogs in a machine and that we don't really make a difference and that we are insignificant but it's an illusion that the system feeds us because that's the complete opposite from the truth the total truth is that you are a universe all unto yourself yeah you have literally all of the power you can't control anything anybody else does but you have 100% control over each and every decision that you make. And nobody else can tell you what to do. And even forced with the hardest decision, you, you still have a choice that you can make. And uh, there are so many, so many things that we can do, so many changes that we can make right now at this very moment to, uh, to start moving towards a better world, a better future for our children. And, uh, you know, it's it's a lot to do with uh, with how we spend our time, how we spend our money, how we uh, what we invest our energy into, you know. Yeah. And like they, stop waiting for the system to make the difference and start making the difference right, yourself. Exactly. I mean, if we if we look to you know our government to make a change, yeah. You know, I mean, look at all of the uh, the great 
changes that like somebody like Bernie Sanders wants to make. You'd have a tough time making these exactly. changes. Like you know, everything like would be stacked gonna, against him. You know, on top he, of the propaganda, the media that would be entirely against you. Know, the, right. You know, I mean, he's so, he's gonna I mean, get he's gonna get in, if he gets into office. It's like I mean, all of the is set up to not work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like you know he's gonna be so entrenched in. I mean, yeah, I, that that's the thing. I think I think a lot of the reason why why Obama was you know it's like you look at all. You look at you know the control of all the system and and somebody like like Obama, you're like, why was he so why was he allowed to uh, oh. to be elected? You know, and and I think mm. I think he was he was allowed into office because it was this like illusion, like oh you know he's gonna be this is the guy that's gonna be make all the big changes that we've all been waiting for, and then he went into office and. It was just business as usual, you totally. know, and nothing really changed. But and there's I think a reason it was, why nine million Obama voters voted for Trump. It's not because right. they're racist. It's just they were. It's almost like a middle finger to the system in a way. You know? It's just like he he was just put in there to say like, yeah, see, even when you get what you want, you're not going to get what you want. The and illusion. Then, and then and you you know, and then it's like, I think, you know, Trump was allowed to be in office because it's like it's kind of like you know what we could do whatever we want we could put this you know yeah. we could put this buffoon you know into into office the he's most ridiculous done, person he's done what most republicans would have done he just distracts everyone with ridiculous tweets all the time and stuff right but it's just all it's all distractions yeah, it's all you know? exactly it's all just a it's all just a real big uh, big like play it's a big farce you know and and the thing is you know if bernie like i said if if bernie were to get you know put in office or or andrew yang or, or somebody mm. like that that's got a really great idea a really right. beautiful idea it's like you know the whole system is just designed to keep really great ideas from, from ever happening yeah. because it's like you it's know, like compromise, it's compromise not, more, compromise yeah. more. Okay, now it's and basically the, not and, anything and, like that. And I mean, you know, you'd have to be a fool to realize that, you know, this system and this government doesn't have the people's best interests at heart. You know, if it did, we'd be like all all of the efforts. There would be no efforts focused on making war. There would be a hundred percent efforts working on changing infrastructure, changing everything, doing everything we can yeah, to reverse the effects yeah. of climate change sure. now, yeah. at this moment, right now. Exactly. If, the, if our government gave one, gave two shits about, you know, us or our children. There's too much money coming into these guys from yeah, it's, the uh, corporations uh, uh, that are yeah, making exactly. money in the exactly. way that I mean, these are. guys are, you know, these. It's it's been how it's it's business as usual for, for you know, long before even the... the yeah even america even existed yeah. you know it's been the same families right exactly. running things running the banking systems you know profiting People off of war will make sure that they stay there yeah and um yeah it would take something drastic to really make yeah it's a breakdown of the system but you know one promising thing is that like you know despite that fact that there is basically six main media corporations that can like be bought to brainwash people there's a lot of independent media now too that can hit like some real reporting i mean not that the main media you know you can cherry pick good you know 
journalists or whatever, but you know, there's starting to be alternatives shining the light on right. these things, and it's gonna break down. Well, the, it's like the, the it's, lies. Yeah, it's like the music industry too. You know, I mean, the thing about um, you know, one of the beautiful things about where we live is is our freedom of speech, and it's like the, you know, the basic idea of a place like America is really you know beautiful and it's just really super simplistic core idea but the problem is that you know you have people who take power and 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 take control and and manipulate laws and you know to benefit themselves but I mean you know you have a place where freedom of speech is is yeah celebrated no, i mean and you know we have the internet to, and and that, like there's you a know, lot that's right you yeah know, and we can do just, a podcast like this and talk about whatever we want it, yeah and and the thing is like for and it and it's really easy to get it out there to people and for musicians now you know it's like 20 years ago i don't think i would have really been successful like i am i definitely wouldn't have been able to tour the world because now you know in this modern age i have uh, you know, digital distribution that gets my music into the hands of anybody that wants it. Basically, anybody that can get on the internet can listen to my music. And, you know, it's like you look at the Spotify statistics and it was like streamed in 79 different countries. That's beautiful. You know, and, and it's like there's... And something like that and is like people don't even... about the government for years. <laughs> it's like in China, you'd have to hide your face, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you know, like there's a lot of places where you couldn't well sing the yeah. songs that I'm singing. And for if sure. you were in North Korea, you'd be killed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pro- probably a lot of different countries. You know, you 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 couldn't sing about the things that I'm singing about, and I'm thankful for that. You know, and I'm thankful for for the place that I grew up in and I'm I'm not like uh, I'm no, not anti-American you know, I'm, I love I'm America. anti America I just know? want it to be better you know I mean it's like it's like a family you know I, where I, like you just I, I mean, you see dysfunction and you just want to see it get better right. it's like out of your love for it that you criticize it sometimes right I mean like, I truly believe I mean I, I I believe that the the idea of the you know uh, give us your tired your your weary and all of that yeah. like you know, is is really a beautiful sentiment. But I also believe that, like, you know, drawing all these lines on the map and and uh, separating people by where they're born is silly. Is is not I like mean, what compounds the problem is like you have documented many years of like CIA-backed coups in South America, and you know, there's reasons why people want to leave their countries and we haven't exactly helped the situation we've been exploiting places or not we but certain corporate interests have and you know i mean they're uh you know it's yeah like, i mean we could go on know, about it for we could yeah, go on about it forever but yeah, we all know the problems wants to hear me talk yeah about we all stuff. know the problems like, and we all know they've existed forever and i mean this it's like this idea of this idea of separating humans and dividing us, even dividing us by, by, um, you know, just by, by culture, by color, by, by language, by, uh, you know, all these barriers that stand between us. It's like, uh, these are, you know, 
some of them are natural, some of them are unnatural, but we live in an age where we can communicate with anybody everywhere on the world in the world and like uh you know i i just think it's 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 so hard for me to believe you know how many people are are still living with such an outdated mentality of of uh racism and and uh and bigotry and, and i think it's just fear. separation it's not, and it is fear yeah but it's it, I but don't it's think also it's, you know, the xenophobia and, and racism, I don't think it's, like, really meant that way. It's just out of subconscious, like, fear for this mentality of, like, um, either, like, some people will have, or, or I mean, some people are going to suffer and some people won't, or, you know, this yeah. idea that, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, we could go, we could do a whole yeah. nother uh, podcast on spirituality. Even talk about this stuff at we all, could do but... a whole nother podcast on spirituality and get into, you know, like the fact that we're all, you know, we're all on our spiritual journey and we all choose this yeah. this path in this life to to learn what we need to learn. And some people need to learn about being racist so they can spiritually evolve to uh, to know better in in uh, later iterations but of their I, spiritual journey and I, I think I, I should also add that I don't I don't entirely believe in free will in a certain sense that like people are who they are and it's like it's hard for them to like sometimes even understand like their backgrounds and their chemistries and everything that brought them to have the thoughts that they're having and so I have love and compassion for everybody no matter what they're political leanings or religious beliefs or what because it's like they all came from where they came from and became who they are and it's Absolutely. largely out of their control and right so yeah i mean I and i know. think i think uh you know i mean my belief is that spiritually it's uh it is it is under our control and we choose uh, certain, I think we choose certain situations and spiritually we're drawn to different people even if it's just our family members, our parents to experience different things and we're all at these points in our spiritual evolution and I'm able to make this music in my yeah. life about all these things because of my spiritual past and I've learned you know, over, over many, many countless lifetimes the things that I've learned to be able to be ready to say the things that I'm saying now and I think, you know, I... It can I, affect people's journey and as much as like you know their background and chemistry leads them to be who they are you can touch them in a moment that kind of leads them in a positive way towards understanding right. and light and i mean that's what's so beautiful about your message and you keep reaching such a wider base that you actually have that ability to create that wave that ripple that you know, your positive energy will emanate for generations. You know, it's such a beautiful thing. Thanks, man. And well, I'm just trying to do my so little part. So grateful for know? people like you doing that. And I mean, you seem to me at the front lines of being unafraid to like say it for real. Because there's a lot of a lot of people that kind of imply in their music certain things. You know, or but you, you always go straight to the point. Well, not always, but like a lot of times, you just you just say what you're feeling on it. Yeah, you know? man. I mean, I've you know, I think like as far as your you know vegan 
uh, choices and you know your idea on living the right way and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I try and like, you know, a lot of different people have a lot of different ways of of writing things, and I and I really like a lot of artists that are very very poetic and and like you said, like they have a very uh, kind of um, a way of you know using you know very subliminal you know, po- poetic yeah. ways of yeah of, of of kind of illustrating a point or, or being very like metaphorical yeah or, or you know but I, I I've I've always been kind of lyrically really straightforward and I you know I'm I've always kind of thought of that as one of my one of my shortcomings but it is you know I, I mean, think what you, kind of makes it get work the point yeah it gets yeah I mean it gets the point across because it is the point and it's not like uh, beating around Shrouded the bush in, in any way you know yeah, um, yeah. but I but, wish yeah, I, I mean, was a little more poetic sometimes no but, you I know? mean like you know you have a lot of symbolic ideas and what your you know mm. lyrics are as well mm. but um yeah you know I mean I, I think like uh, you know it's all it's all really just uh channeling my higher self you know when I'm writing it's it's you know it's stuff that comes through and and when I when I have an idea it's very much like uh, inspired so I will sit down to write and just stuff starts flowing out and it's like I'm I am you know and even when I'm performing and I'm speaking on stage and and we're in the moment where we're where we're performing and I'm like uh Speaking from the heart, speaking from the higher self, it's like a, it's, <clears throat> it's like this moment where, you know, I'm just kind of like outside of my body listening to, you know, and kind of witnessing what's going on. And I think the listener feels similar. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel similar to the listener, you know, and I'm not and I and I don't I can't even really describe how to really tap into that and it's very much like meditation you know yeah exactly it's when like it's definitely like the ego leaves or something like that. yeah it is it is i mean you know it's like meditation where you're trying to put your you're trying to put your ego aside and and uh yeah and i you know that's i just do my best yeah and of course like anybody else i have problems with ego and a lot of other stuff too but music is has been for me a, a really a really great place where I can go and kind of like leave all that stuff aside even if I'm like going through the craziest like anxiety or having you know problems in my marriage or problems with friendships or you know like the stuff that we all go through problems with my kids or problems with my health or you know all of these things issues with my you know demons and my shadow work that I'm doing it's like when I'm making music, all of that stuff seems to just kind of like get set aside and and I'm really, really in touch with my higher self. So that's really my my deepest meditation. And yeah, I'm so thankful for it. Me too. I'm so grateful. And, you know, for you to come out here at 11 o'clock yeah. at night and yeah, sit man, here and talk with us. Quite and a bit later than that now. One thirty in the morning now, so... <laughs> We'll close this out, but, um, you know, you guys can find Mike. You, you guys know where to find all his stuff, so yeah, thank you so much. Mike Love Music is my website.
beautiful. Go there for tour dates. Go there to download music. And uh, stay tuned for these new live albums coming out. That's exciting. And studio albums. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, one other one other project um, that I'm really excited about, too, that's, um, that's also going to be coming out sometime this year is a uh, project I did with my friends from a, from a band called Rising Tide, which is basically like kind of like the um the core group of of that band groundation um and i did got marcus i recorded four songs with them yeah with uh they did all yeah it's marcus and paul and ryan from groundation and and their guitar player cameron and i did four songs with them so they wrote the music and i wrote the vocals and the horns and stuff wow that's really cool cool music that i'm excited about that's awesome. Can't yeah. wait for that too. Yeah. So keep us posted on all that stuff. Yeah, we'll sure. we'll keep watching out for it. But yeah, I love you. And yeah, I love you too, bro. Love you guys. Thank, thank you. you for everything. Easy, man. Thank you. <laughs> Anything else to add? Uh. Corey loves you. <laughs> of course. Thanks for jamming, <laughs> Corey. Thanks, man. Thanks for letting me try to dabble. <laughs> Man, you're the best you always blow me away no not even <laughs> all right thank cool. you guys yeah mahalo we'll see you next time aloha